0: Three, Bunny.
1: Act three.
0: Act three. Spooky movie We Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually stroll on into our third act. And for those of you who may not be in the know, as it were, the third and final act of this podcast is when we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low cost extra strength now with all natural fruit juice movie of the week. And so this week we finish our beloved summer long tribute to late actor Fred Willard with, with a mini series that some call One of the best vampire movies ever, the 1978 CBS miniseries, Salem's Lot.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Salem's
1: Lot. Okay. Now, I I, I have now seen this movie a lot. Okay. Just by happenstance, much like Black Panther. So I might have to look at my Roku box. It may have become possessed with demons. Good point. I watched Salem's Lot just shortly before um, Fred Willard died. Oh.
0: Hmm. Much like
1: Black Panther. So I'm, okay. I'm expecting, suspecting demons yeah I, that's the yeah. first place my mind yeah. goes to I, I'm skipping over coincidence i, I I'm yeah. skipping over happen chance and yeah. i'm I'm jumping straight to the demons. It's the only answer. It's the only answer that makes sense. and then we were gonna do it last week, so I watched it last week and yeah. then like, I felt like if I didn't watch it last night. I was somehow going to jinx the show. So I did pretty much what you did. I watched a good chunk of it last night, and I watched the rest of yep. it this morning when I got up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, before- so we could talk
1: the shit out of this movie. We can go damn near yes. go
0: shot for shot. But before we discuss the movie, uh, we have to go to our safe place because... Okay. We always start our movies in this, the summer of Fred Willard, with a trip to the beloved Fred Willometer. Yes, to see just how much Fred Willard is in this film. Because you, every film, you get a different amount of Fred Willard. Yes, and I'm going to miss the Fred Willometer. I'm just saying, I'm going to miss it. I'm yeah. going to miss the Willometer. I'm going to miss the summer of Fred Willard. I yes. feel that it has been a whole lot of fun.
1: I think this is, is one for the for the history books.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to miss it. So in Salem's Lot, Fred Willard is realtor Larry Crockett. And you know he's a big-time successful realtor because he's yes. got some fly-ass 70s digs. Yeah. I dig his, uh, you know, his uh, suit jackets. I dig his style. Yeah. Especially right here, he's in, like, all white, like, uh, waiting for Guffman meets John Lennon. Yes! <laughs> and I was sad to see him die early.
1: Imagine Ooh. all the people, huh? Yeah. I'm uh, All the people, I'm, they live in for today, you know.
0: <laughs> so, I, I, I was sad to see him die, but his character gave me a great idea for, yeah. uh, a movie or possibly a book. Um, it's a supernatural horror novel that takes place in the dangerous cutthroat world of realtors. Yeah. And the character, Buck Johnstone, that's yeah. his name. Okay. okay. He's a realtor, but he's a realtor in a small town in Maine. Okay. And so, when you're a realtor in the small in a small town in Maine, you know, eventually you're gonna have to start dealing with supernatural shit. I mean, it's yes. a small town in Maine. Yes. So, so he's like a an amoral salesman, and at first, you you see Buck Johnstone in yeah. my mind as. Is- Fred Willard, and he's hunting supernatural things. And he's like, huh, there's yeah. a mysterious man who's appeared in town. Looks like he's going to be opening up a, a shop of mysteries downtown. I need to get to the bottom of this. I've been yeah. stalking him out for two days. He's right here, in, 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 coming out of this car. I think now's my chance. Hi. Okay satan it's me buck johnstone so you're gonna be opening up a store downtown you're gonna need a lot of retail space i'm your man
1: yeah i i i think i got a good ad here okay yeah okay see see buck johnstone because he lives in this town what winds up happening is like okay uh you you like that house you like that, that okay that's a good okay um I can get you a really good price on that. I can get you a discounted price on that house, but full disclosure, I need to ask you, are you okay with poltergeist? I mean, really, they only kind of create mischief, you know, um, they could be noisy though, you know, um, Kind of like having sprightly mice, you know, kind oh. of something like that. And, and then from there, he would go out and how he would get into these situations is that like he would go house hunting and things like that and like exercise ghosts and shit so we can get a better better value on the turnaround in yeah. the house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ghosts free. Yeah. In my mind, he's a supernatural, he's a paranormal investigator, but only for realty purposes. Hi, so are you a vampire? You're going to need a lot of space. Yeah. A lot of open rooms for the caskets. I can put you in a really nice castle up on the hill.
1: Maybe we could see Fred Willard go to like a convention. of all the realtors um in questionable places you know like the realtor from collingswood from dark shadows uh hp lovecraft what's that mr misatonic yeah or something like that you know realtors from all of these places at a convention just all like like this is his costume because well it's Maine, you know, yeah. but you, you know but they could have like fucking bandoleros.
0: Or, you know. He's 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 really successful at selling property to supernatural like uh like uh. So you guys are werewolves, huh? I can yeah. get you in a really nice cave, but he has a hard time with normal humans because it's like. Yeah it's like uh yeah it's a really nice house i can get you a really cheap deal there is one catch this house is right by a summer camp i only sell to virgins are you guys virgins have you <laughs> fucked because if you guys are fucking a lot i can't put you in this house it's a danger i i, I the yeah the lake. i need you guys to be virgins
1: i'm gonna have to have you sign a, a five-year no fuck lease
0: yeah it's like, this house is really nice. Uh, it, it, there's a few problems. There's a leak in the kitchen, creaky floorboards. There is a poltergeist. I will need five years of rent up front because a lot of the people who live in this house do end up slaughtered. Yes. But you can't beat this price. Yes. You cannot beat this price. No. But this is my idea. And it's all just Fred Willard. Fred Willard yeah. is the supernatural realtor. Yes. I just love it. It writes itself.
1: Which means while while that all plays out, there'll be a lot of giggling in between. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It, in my mind, it was like a funnier Night Stalker. Yes. Cole, yes. Cole, yeah, the Night Stalker. Except now he's like a slimy salesman. Yeah. Instead of a journalist. Yes. But I've been thinking about this nonstop. Cool. Cool. I love the idea. It's such a good idea. I like the idea a lot. Yeah. I'm very upset that uh, Fred Willard uh, died so soon into this three-plus-hour movie. But he was so close. Johnny Five. Yeah. Johnny Five Minutes. Fred Five. Freddy Five—that's what—that's what Natasha called him. Freddy Five, who a surprisingly number, a surprising number of times during our summer of Fred Willard popped up at exactly five minutes into the movie. He yeah. popped up six minutes and thirty seconds in. He was this close. Yes, yes. To you know, so six minutes, yes. Freddie Five, he was this close to finishing it off. Okay, uh, we're done with the Fred Willometer, Bunny. Where yes. Are your- what are your preliminary thoughts?
1: My on- preliminary thoughts is that this is one of, one of these movies that you, you need to consider the time that it was made in. You know? Yeah. TV <laughs> has a hell of a lot more respect and puts a hell of a lot more money into its productions now than they did. Oh, okay. It's starring David's soul. Hutch! Hutch, how much do you think, how much would you pay Hutch as a television network for him to be, I wouldn't go over 25 grand. Okay. That's me. I wouldn't go over 25 grand, you know, that's a good chunk of your year. What am I supposed to do? Support you every year? No.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so. It's kind of on the corny side too, because everything is. You could see that everything's pretty low budget.
0: It cost four million dollars to make this, and it's like this is a three-hour miniseries. You know, like so that's basically like nothing.
1: Yeah, and I think it ages better than it is. Because as we kind of discussed a little, it's a fucking face movie. Yes, it It is. is, uh,
0: Oh, oh, what's that guy? I was so happy to see James Mason in this movie because before this movie, I only knew James Mason from James Mason impressions.
1: Yeah. Oh, you've never seen... You've never seen *The Last of Sheila*? No, I have not. Oh, I. This may have been made for television, but it was a uh, James Mason, James Coburn, Rockell Welsh, James Benjamin, James Benjamin, and 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 somebody I I forget who else. Oh God, that's something to check out.
0: Uh, yeah, no, this was a this was a complete one hundred percent blind watch for me. I was surprised to see uh, the vampire played by Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan. Yes. didn't need makeup at all. This is how yes. Billy Corgan looks on any regular day. All I knew going into this was Stephen King, Toby Hooper, vampires. That's all I knew. Uh-huh. Were those three things. And, like, this movie's a drag. Yeah. You know? It's like, if you were watching this miniseries, you already know what it's about. It's about vampires. Uh-huh. But you don't really, like... So little happens. You know? It takes so long to get cooking. Yeah. It takes so... But you're distracted by that, by the fact that there are so many famous people in this, James Mason, Eddie Izzard, the comedian Eddie Izzard, he would, uh, whenever he did the voice of God, he would make, uh, he would make God James Mason. Yeah so he would always do a James Mason impression so i that's primarily how i knew james mason and the woman who runs the boarding house is the the human woman from cat women on the moon oh really yeah
1: yeah she looks yeah. familiar and but you also got to keep in mind that like like this movie wound up being a big deal for a lot of people including like fred willard yeah. I mean, teenage mother didn't get him there where he is today. You yes. Know? Yeah.
0: This movie had a lot to help. You know? Yeah, uh the old teacher was Dr. Kildare. Yeah. That was the old teacher. Uh the love interest ended up being John McClane's wife. Yes. yes. Plaza. So that, that was, was a, a
1: good catch. I missed that
0: and she was also the pregnant dancer from they shoot horses don't they oh I was okay with that movie in college i fucking yeah. loved that movie in college i i, I so,
1: don't think i've seen it again after it was run on tv for the first time yeah I mean, I remember like the overall theme, and I remember Michael Sarrazin was in it. I was a Michael Sarrazin fan because of Frankenstein, the true story. (laughs) Because I'm still a Frankenstein freak. I will carry that to my grave, you know. And he was in Frankenstein, the true story, which is a pretty good. You know what? It was the TV movie version of Salem's Lot slide there yeah. you go with Frankenstein yeah
0: uh Fred Willard's secretary had a, a small part in defending your life which we yeah. did on the podcast so there's a connection there she, did, was she also, uh- did she or
1: did she not remind you of the girl from the scene from the movie heavy metal with the robot? yes
0: yes yes very much so fucking heavy metal I've got an angle and and
1: what? I kept looking there and I'm like you know I know you're doing your damnedest to come off as sexy but I'm having a really
0: hard time buying into it <laughs> Yeah. You know? The secretary, too. The secretary, Fred Willard's secretary, was also the mom in Charles in Charge, the sitcom with Scott Bayo. Yeah. And this is the part that blew me away. Uh, the secretary of Fred Willard was the only female red shirt in the original run of Star Trek. Okay. Apparently, apparently, she's like well known for that as being the yeah. only female red shirt that does conventions and stuff like that really? because they were all guys except for one girl. There was only one expendable female red shirt. So, yay feminism! Yes, yes, she should be right up there with like Rosa Parks. You know, we should. Did, did you? not count. Mm, apparently not. She was the only red shirt that got killed. The only... Uh, Oh, oh, yeah, you have to die. Okay. Yeah, expendable red shirt. Yeah, Yeah. so this movie is just a veritable who's who of who the fuck is that. Oh, I was so happy to see the guy who owned the house on Haunted Hill. Yes. So happy to see him. But, like, like
1: it... He was in everything. He's like, he's like, he was in everything. A less recognized Michael Caine, that dude. Yeah. And he always gives a kind of a similar performance, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's always yeah. kind of fun to see. I mean, he's yeah. better, but he's usually like that drunk or, you know. Town poop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he and was in so much stuff, it was like, Well yeah, he I, I felt he was more like, Well, of course you were in this. Yeah.
0: But is this as Twitter user at Lee Corno Henry said, the best vampire movie ever? Oh no. 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 Of course not. Because I have a list, Bunny. I have a yeah. list of 10 greatest vampire movies ever made and this is a certified list that any film critic would agree with any historian would agree with any uh if you got Siskel and Ebert and Back from the Grave I'm not sure if they're both dead I'm assuming they are yeah uh get them out of the grave and read them this list, they would say, I 100% agree with that entire list because this list is perfect. Yeah. This is my list of the top 10 best vampire movies ever. Without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Number one, What We Do in the Shadows. Greatest vampire movie of all time, period. Okay. Okay. Number two. The, without a doubt, the scariest vampire movie ever made. Number two, Dracula Dead and Loving It. So many okay. people still to this day have Liam Neeson nightmares. Not Liam Neeson, Leslie Nielsen. Yes. Boy, they have similar names. That's weird. But uh, without a doubt, the scariest. Well, haven't
1: you, haven't you noticed that you've never seen them in the same place at the same time? They He's are late. the same person.
0: Yeah, Leslie Maybe. Nielsen
1: goes and gets a blood transfusion, yeah. and then Liam Neeson starts popping up in in yeah. in movies. Yeah, and then he so. goes away for a while, and Leslie Nielsen did the talk show run.
0: <laughs> you know, I've never seen him in a movie. I've never seen him in a. I've never seen him in a movie together. Yeah. At all, it makes perfect sense. Number three, best vampire movie of all time. Probably the goriest, most adult movie in the entire list. Uh, Adam Sandler's animated movie, Hotel Transylvania. The amount of gore in there is intense. Number four, Hotel Transylvania 2, a decent sequel. Okay. Number five, one of the spookiest vampire movies of all time, Twilight. Yes. And don't worry, Bunny, number six is Twilight 2, New Moon. Yes. Don't worry. That one is also on the list. Number seven, Just Bitten. Yeah. Jim Carrey okay. as a vampire. What we all want. Number eight, Eddie Murphy's Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Number nine, Blade Three Trinity, the one that featured Triple H as a vampire. Okay. And number ten in my list of the top ten greatest vampire movies of all time: Hotel Transylvania Three, Summer Vacation. That's okay. when they go on a cruise. They go on a cruise. Yeah. I mean, this movie is good. Yeah. Uh, well, like, like I think you really have to take
1: into consideration. The circumstances it was kind of made under. Like, cheap TV fucking movie. Starring yeah, David it, goddamn soul.
0: When um, it was made and the time period <coughs> that it ran on TV. I, I, I saw this movie pop up on a lot of people's lists of their favorite vampire movies, and in my mind I thought, okay, maybe like I was two years old when this ran on TV, but if I was yeah. like set. If I was was like 10 years old watching this on TV, oh yeah, this would probably scare me to death. And and I would probably grow up loving this movie. So, like, I was an
1: Mm -hmm. early Stephen King adopter. Okay. So, this is the first Stephen King novel that I had ever read before the movie came out. Yeah. You know? So obviously it's a bit of a disappointment. I can't believe that you dislike that scene that you that you posted.
0: <laughs> the one on Tw- which one?
1: Uh the- with the little boy vampire. Yeah, I thought that was a yeah. great scene.
0: I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But I give this movie so much credit because it's, it's Toby fucking Hooper, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I give movie so much credit because like this is toby hooper at his goddamn prime this is only five years removed from texas chainsaw massacre you know yeah he's still near the beginning of his career he's still kicking ass two years after this he makes one of my favorite horror movies of all time the fun house yes where the teens get stuck in the 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 spook house ride at the fair yeah. And there's like a a twisted family and a demented guy with a messed up face and he's picking them off. Like that movie, I think, is legitimately fright, frightening. And yeah. I absolutely fucking love that movie. And then a year after Funhouse, he did Poltergeist, which some people now say was 100% directed by Steven Spielberg. But since he was a wholesome uh, big name, he hid behind the name, hey, no, not me, directed by Toby Hooper. Blame him yes. when the movie comes out. Yes, but that he actually directed it. But uh, he, Salem's Lot is Toby Hooper at his best. He did the best with what he could on TV in 1979. Yes, my yes. favorite thing that I figured out looking up the The background of this film was that they're filming it in some small town in California and they can't get a creepy ass house. There's a house up on the Hill, but it's a regular ass house and they can't get a creepy house. So they spent $100,000 building a fake front yeah. for a normal ass house. And it's just a normal ass house, but they built this massive facade to cover the front of it. Yeah. So, Looked like the creepy house up on the hill when, in fact, it's just a regular ass house with like a, with like a, you know, like Universal Studios uh-huh. backlot. Yeah. Oh, Damn. yeah. And the pictures of that are hilarious. <laughs> the problem that I, another problem that I had with this is because this is one of Stephen King's first novels, this reads like a parody of Stephen King.
1: Yeah, you would mention that, and I I think you were having a hard time getting it across in text.
0: It's just this was his first one of his like first novels, but now that we've had his entire career looking back at this first one and saying, A troubled writer with a troubled past goes to this small coastal town where an old man is opening up a strange store, and I'm like, Oh. That could be eight of Stephen King's books. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like that is I, so many Stephen King's. Like, like you see things in in Salem's Lot that become so much Stephen King tropes.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: you know? yeah. Oh, yeah, but but like
1: like I, I me personally, because I was a big Stephen King fan as he was coming up. Uh, when he kind of got to Gerald's game And to glorious Claiborne I kind of yeah. lost a bit of interest there Picked it up some He had me with the Gunslinger series You know But like Like this was a big movie for him too You know Because like this is the first time Like his name was not a draw for The Shining Yeah Stanley Kubrick's name was the draw for The Shining
0: yeah, because he he was super famous after uh, his big break of faking the moon landing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Stephen uh, King
1: became universe. became a name because of The Shining, and this is like the first time. And, and like Carrie was before that, and he just didn't yes. get recognized at all for that shit. But this was the first time it was like Stephen King's, Salem's Lot. Yeah, and like them or love them or hate them, these people are all the best television had to offer at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a mean- lot of them have gone
0: on, and that's why their faces. Yeah, yeah. I I remember the big days of like uh, fucking Thornbirds, Shogun, yeah, Roots. Big-ass miniseries. Oh, and of course, our favorite miniseries on this podcast, The Spoils of Babylon. Oh, yes. That amazing miniseries. God, what was the name of the writer? That's going to kill me. That's going to kill me. Something St. Was gonna... John, wasn't it? I don't know, and I don't want to Google it, because then I'm a quitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. so th- 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 Rush? Uh, uh, mm, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Von Rush? No. The mm, tip of my tongue. Tip of my tongue. Yeah. Eric Jean Rush or something to that effect. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I loved that. I loved that.
1: That was fun. And and also keep in mind that that Stephen King. Miniseries for like the most part were kinda they weren't like they would get a big bump for being a Stephen King miniseries. But the mini series itself, they they weren't that great. This is one of the better ones. The stand wasn't bad. Yeah. You know? And if you remember there was also a whole period like nobody can make a Stephen King Stephen King movies are all made for T V because nobody could make a Stephen King
0: movie. Yeah, like a two hour Stephen yeah. King. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That and that so
0: was the space and all the characters and all of the subplots and all of that. That like yeah, it has to be on TV because you need to give it like four or six hours.
1: Yeah. And and yeah. that and that um that became like a weird ceiling for him no. that existed for a while for God knows what real reason until pretty much Rob Reiner broke it first with Stand By Me yes. and then Frank Darabont did it with um, Shawshank, right? I I believe so, yeah. And then it was like, okay, we can make Stephen King movies, but only these type of Stephen King movies. Something that has less of a supernatural element. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I, I was going to do a deep dive, in, but there were so many different roads that you can take with this. Yeah. like. Do I talk about Toby Hooper? Do I talk about James Mason? Do I talk about Stephen King? Do I do a deep dive on Hutch, for shit's sake? <laughs> we talked about Sterling Siliphant. I swear yeah. I like it three times in this goddamn podcast. But I decided I'm not doing a deep dive on any of this. This is our last Fred Willard movie. Um, and, and sure, some were good, but others were not as good and also this is good but i mean but it's not the scariest vampire movie ever it's a cbs miniseries and fred willard dies like an hour into it but it's good it's moody it's atmospheric if i was younger and watching this on tv at home like in october like yeah. this could have gotten to me you know if i was in like junior high school watching this on a tv where i'm changing the knob yes. to change it's like oh you know no this this would have been scary but but nowadays this is just as as slow as molasses yes No. and and there's there's just not that much there but stephen king is
1: another one who has turned into a curmudgeon yes on us yes if you see any interviews or anything he and Carlin would be best friends right now. Yeah. They'd play bridge.
0: And, and and watching it chapter two and seeing old Stephen King appearing in a cameo. Yeah. And, and then you go like, oh shit, is is he is he the new Stan Lee? Yeah. Is he going to be popping up as a cameo, a old man cameo in every <laughs> King movie now? Are you the next Stan Lee? Damn.
1: Oh, he, he always was. He, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure he's been in everything.
0: Yeah. Oh, I need to watch. I need to, I need to find maximum overdrive. He was even
1: in this last one. Um, Dr. Sleep.
0: Oh yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. I'm not one. Of, I'm not one of those people who obsesses over The Shining enough yeah. to I feel really get into Doctor Sleep. I, you know,
1: like The Shining is one of those movies I have to have in my collection, but it's one of those things I would re- like rarely go to anymore. Like, yeah. I, I think it was a really great movie, but like, I've hit a saturation point where the bunny going down on, on Carl or whatever his name was just, I, okay. You know, it's just played out. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but it, it, Toby Hooper, man, I mean, this film gets two thumbs up just for being a 1979 Do- Toby Hooper directed movie. You know, yeah. like I, I can see why people like it. I, I, i mean it's age but it it was all right it was all right well
1: again i believe it's getting better now that it's aging just for that nostalgia factor yeah you know of all these faces
0: yeah you know but um but that's it for our summer of fred willard Yes. And I was thinking really hard about what movie should we do the first movie after the summer of Fred Willard. And I had a lot of different ideas and I was bouncing off a bunch of things. For yes. a while I said we should watch a movie that has come out during the pandemic because a lot has. And I'm like, what movie could we watch? Um, maybe Palm Springs, the uh, – or, or maybe bloodshot I don't know they, I, but then I came to a realization that I'm really going to miss the summer of Fred Willard because the summer of Fred Willard was fun it yes. was really fun it was a lot of fun yes it was
1: it was too much fun but there's always there's always a certain amount of fatigue at the close of summer yeah Um. the, but, but, the Star Wars the summer of Star Wars started uh. with Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was a long haul, but getting toward
0: the end of saw, you know, like yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, but what I'm saying is, we had too much fun, oh yes, and we we watched some good movies, yes, we have. it's time for penance,
1: okay, we penance.
0: have such a fun summer that now
1: I the summer's over
0: and it's time to get back to work and w- this next movie is penance okay. yeah. we have had too much fun during the summer and now it's time to suffer so next week okay. we are watching a notoriously bad film that I have never been able to get all the way through one hour and 53 minutes, a 4 out of 10 on IMDb, a 27 out of 100 on Metacritic, and a 12% on Run Tomatoes. Next week, Bunny! Yes. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band! We're doing it!
1: I was afraid you were going to say head.
0: <laughs> no this is worse this is worse this is worse than that George Burns
1: yes Aaron yes Martin. this Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band ooh Donald genie's Peppers making a, a face yes
0: Steve, Steve Martin can't even save this yes George Burns Oh, yeah. we're doing it we are doing it Yeah. This is the worst of the worst. My parents had the record. My parents had the two LP record of the soundtrack of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And I vividly remember as a kid opening up that record and looking at these beautiful pictures of all these people. And, hey, that's Steve Martin. And, oh, that's interesting. I never heard it. I never put it on the record player. I yeah. never listened to it. My parents never listened to it. I'm assuming at some point in time they watched it, but it, 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 because they bought the soundtrack, but it's waiting yes. right there on the shared cough cough. It took me a long time to try and find it, but I found it. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Peter Frampton. Peter is, Frampton. And uh, the Bee Gees. Yes. And the Bee Gees and George Burns and Aerosmith. They
1: were were so Hansel at the time.
0: Yeah. Uh, The Bee Gees fight Aerosmith. Yes, they do. The bad boys of rock and roll. And Steve Martin sings Maxwell's Silver Hammer. And then it's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, but as far as I can tell, most of the music is fucking Abbey Road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... So this is going to be fun. This is not going to be fun. This is going to be horrible. Yes, it is. But so we're doing this. More people need to know about this movie. Yes, people talk about movies, and it's like, if you don't mention Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, then you're missing something. Yes. So we're doing it. I am excited for this horrible movie.
1: Yes. Although, in all honesty, I really hate Yellow Submarine. Movie, oh god,
0: it's difficult to get through. It, it is. Difficult I to get have to
1: get really tried to like that it, movie, but it it's has its 10 moments. hours
0: long. It has its moments, but they don't come fast enough. Yeah, I like Hey Bulldog, I like the all together now at the end. I like you know, but but but. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it feels like a French art film, mm-hmm.
1: which I also can't take. That's another pro- uh, what is it, Forbidden World? Yeah, I I don't think I've ever made it through that fucking
0: movie either. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, next week, boom, next week, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I'm really excited about next week.
1: Now I have a dilemma before closing out the show. Something that we. Talked about a bit on break. Okay. How do I let people know on Spotify that we're on Spotify if they don't know we're on Spotify?
0: You just broke my mind. See? I don't know. We can only
1: hope that they happen by SoundCloud somehow. Happen by in Spotify. And also, like, maybe passing by SoundCloud or Mixcloud or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Pandora. Pandora. Um, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. I thought I said that
0: I, I i i
1: you know, so like they would have to go to another source, yeah, to find out, like, oh my God, they're on Spotify,
0: home now on Spotify,
1: yeah, which I think is like the new radio now, right, I don't
0: know, Natasha listens to it constantly. Yeah. She has it on all the time.
1: But as far as I understand it's like iHeartRadio or or Pandora it's just another version of that. Yeah. But it seems like it's the hot one.
0: Oh yeah, you
1: know. As is Facebook that- is to MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Spotify is to iHeartRadio. Yeah. That's, is kind of what I'm getting here.
0: Yeah. So, I don't
1: know. throwing out a message in a bottle, we're now on Spotify. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs>
0: Hooray. So,
1: join us over on Spotify if you want to listen to the show and watch it on Facebook.
0: Yes. I concur. Uh, so next week we're doing Search of Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band which may very well be one of the worst films of all time but now that I'm looking back at this week yes. the highs and the lows the ups and the downs the twists, the turns, the suspense the drama, yes. the love I gotta say I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast
1: this has been
0: a damn good episode Okay, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes. You're the person who gives that classification and not me. Yeah. But I I concur. I concur, sir. Yeah. With Lord es-
1: so until next week. Yeah, I did. I am Bunny Williams.
0: And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and eleanor and emerald and everybody else in the house i just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless heathens everybody's outside cooking out cut
1: and print